Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining me again today. So this week, we are focusing on forgiveness. So I want to make sure that if you weren't able to listen to the show yesterday, you can always go online and you can check it out on the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You just hit the radio tab on the top of the homepage, and it'll take you right to all those shows. And so you can listen to yesterday's show. Yesterday, we talked primarily about what forgiveness is, why it's so important, what the Bible says about forgiveness. We talked about the story of Esau and Jacob. And we talked about this wonderful Ernest Hemingway story that is so poignant, and it's about this, the young boy, Paco, who ran away from home in this, and out into the streets of Madrid. He had offended his father, he'd done whatever it is that he did that he didn't think was forgivable. And his grieving father, you know, searched all over for him. All the streets could not find him. And so his last resort was he wrote that piece in the newspaper, and he said... Dear Paco, meet me tomorrow at the, the uh, newspaper office at 12 noon. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. And the next day he goes to the newspaper office to see if his son shows up. And 800 men named Paco showed up. So this universal need for forgiveness we talked about yesterday is at the heart of, of, of Christ. It is the foundation of, of the entire ministry. It's what creates the redemption and the salvation and gives us that, that reconciliation with our Creator and allows us relationship. And so I did say yesterday that we're going to talk um, during this week about the issue of forgiveness and restoration and that not every relationship needs to be restored, but everything needs to be forgiven. So we don't always restore intimacy with everyone we forgive, but we do need to forgive. And they have lots of research about disease-related illnesses due to anger and lack of forgiveness because we have no peace when we have no forgiveness. So we talked about the different types of what happens, and it's that resentment, it's that corruption that it does to our heart if we are unwilling to forgive. And so I want to remind you of this verse again. This is Romans chapter 4, verse 7, and it says, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. What a beautiful message God gives us. And so I talked at the end of the show yesterday about the gift of forgiveness, and, and I really recommended that you make that list of all the things that you know you need to forgive. And, and the, let God really search your heart out for you. And, and please don't be um, trepidatious about that. Don't, this is not about condemnation. This is about freedom. This is about being free. This is about being strong. 
And so that story about Paco needing forgiveness and that all those men showed up needing, thinking their father was forgiving them and understanding that our father has forgiven us deeply, completely, on an ongoing basis. He gives us the gift of forgiveness. And so I said to you yesterday, someone needs your forgiveness. Right now, right now. But even more, as you choose to forgive and surrender yourself to to your loving Heavenly Father, you're going to begin to experience the freedom that comes through forgiving. So someone needs your forgiveness. And today, maybe it's you. Maybe you need to forgive you. Maybe you have done things that you feel are unforgivable, that you are walking around with shame, with regret, with disgust, condemning yourself, maybe harming yourself, punishing yourself in ways, withholding things from yourself because you can't get over who you are or what you did or what you continue to do. Maybe you have an ongoing besetting sin that you can't seem to overcome and maybe you've quit trying to do it. And so you just feel like you're a lower class citizen. So you walk around kind of faking it till you make it, right? Hoping that nobody really knows what you're doing. Nobody really knows what you've done, what you want to do. And so there's not lots of articles written about forgiving yourself. I'm not sure why. I, I, I mean, I could probably speculate on that. But it, it is the material. There's tons of material unwritten, written about forgiving others. So maybe people take for granted that you forgive yourself or something. I don't know. I know for myself and for people I work with, self is the last person you generally forgive. And it's usually the one that is truly the most difficult. And it's far more natural to forgive others than yourself. Forgiving yourself, why is it so hard to forgive yourself? Well, you have to be with yourself all the time. (laughs) You can't get away from yourself. Nor can you get away from what you did or didn't do or continue to do. So forgiving yourself is about learning to hate what you did, not hate who you are. See, the issue of sin is hating the sin, not the sinner. And so it's learning, even when you disagree with yourself or don't like yourself, that God, God does. This is what God does. He separates our sin from who we are. If we let him, if we won't forgive ourselves, we can't get separate from the sin. And see, so many of us, you know, we, the majority of us have very active consciences. And so we just feel like we don't deserve to be forgiven. We just feel like, no, that, I just can't be let off the hook like that. There's got to be some kind of, I don't know, punishment or payback or something. And we, we probably don't even want to do that to other people to the degree we want to do it to ourselves. So God separates our sin from who we are. And th- this in no way means that he minimizes or rationalizes away our sin. He knows he will always be working on us until the day we die or he returns. It will never be complete. This is why Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 emphasizes he does the good work. He will complete the work. And so he's the one 
the work of being Christ to ourselves and others by forgiving ourselves. So when we give Christ to other people, we extend that forgiveness to other people, and we withhold that from ourselves. We're withholding the heart of Christ from ourselves and the healing that comes with that. See, we are unfinished. We are incomplete. Now, for me, the enemy of my soul wants me to hate that I am incomplete, that I'm in an incomplete state, that I'm a mistake-making person, that I can't always do the thing that I I really desire to do and the thing I desire not to do, I do. And who's going to rescue me from me? And so that's the important piece, that relationship with self, that willingness to forgive yourself so that you can be complete and not separate. See, the enemy wants me to focus and stress over the fact that I'm not living up in every present potential of my design, that I'm not living up to who I think I should be, could be, would be, ought to be, if only then, right? But God is the only one who sees the complete product. He's the only one who really sees who you will become and who I will become. I have ideas, fantasies maybe, vision, hope, but I can't see the finished product. That's a trust issue for me with God. And God does not tire nor grow weary of the process. He knows exactly how long it will take to complete the process. He sees through the sin, and he sees you through the eyes of a loving father. He's not shocked. He's not shocked. He's not, he, he's not, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe Cynthia just did that. I never dreamed she would do that. When he was creating me in my mother's womb, and he said, you are beautifully, wonderfully made. And he already had the idea of me and already chose to make sure I was created and that I was born and that I would have life. And he saw every single day, every moment of my life, however long that's going to be. He has heard every thought I've had in my head, every word I have spoken, every feeling I have had, he already knew. He knew me before I was formed. So he already signed up for me. So he's not shocked and surprised when I struggle and when I sin. He already knew it. He already signed up for it. He already chose me. And he's hoping I choose me and choose him back. So don't worry about your your, your sin and the absence of discipline. Find the verse Think about those verses about pruning. And that that's what God does. That's what God does. Because the discipline is a learned issue. And it's the conquering of of the fallen nature. And we see great leaders all through the Bible and afterwards that have struggled and struggled and struggled. But what pleases God the most is the desire to continue to overcome the sin. And the way that we overcome sin is through the gift of forgiveness. So I want you to think about this. How, did, how do you learn to forgive yourself? How, how do you learn to do that? So I'd like to pose this idea that it first begins with a choice, okay? Initially, it's really not about learning, but it is a choice. It is the gift of mercy. 
It's about extending grace. This is not about watering down sin. It's recognizing that we are fallen people and that we need forgiveness. So it's, it's important that every day we are experiencing, right, revelation of the sin nature in our lives. So it's not about having enough mercy and grace for my lifetime. There is enough. I, I'm going to have a lifetime of forgiving. <laughs> that can feel exhausting and discouraging. But it's about mercy and grace only for today. It's today. Tomorrow, tomorrow's going to take care of itself. And in fact, tomorrow may never come. So I don't have to worry about the rest of my life. I worry about today. It's important to take care of today so that today can be truly done and truly completed. See, God does not keep records of wrong. It's amazing to me. He says in Isaiah that our sins are as far as the east is from the west. He remembers them no more. Now, why, why does God forget our sins? Well, the main reason is he doesn't have to learn from them, right? We have to learn from our sin. So we don't necessarily get to forget about them. But the forgiveness piece is the putting it in the past and letting it be in the past so that it doesn't keep following you into the present and becoming your future. That's because we are timeless beings. We are locked in time, but we are timeless. So you can feel like something 30 years ago is just as new today as it was 30 years ago. And if I keep letting the past infect the present, it then corrupts my future. This is why God is so adamant about the past. And so he doesn't need to learn from our sins. We need to learn. We need to remember this ongoing uncompromising grace and truth in our lives. We need to see how far we've come. It gives us courage to continue to go forward. We need to acknowledge how much stronger we are, how different we are through this ongoing love and healing that God has extended us through his grace and his mercy. And so it's really important that you understand this whole idea about forgiving yourself so that you reconcile with yourself because you're with yourself all the time. So God has a way to encourage us to continue fighting, to continue to run the race, to fight the good fight, and to not grow weary in well-doing. See, other people's sins, you know, oftentimes they are so much easier to manage because we, we see them from a distance. And we can oftentimes distance ourselves from their sin. And we can say, wow, I'm not that bad. Or I'm glad I didn't do that. Or they're going to pay for that one. Or, you know, they asked for our forgiveness and we feel magnanimous because we gave them forgiveness. See, it's difficult to get that vantage point from myself. So this is why the forgiveness of self is, is very difficult. Because I want to think that I'm better than what I am, right? <laughs> All of us do. And so this is why we can all relate to Paul's lamenting in chapter 7 of Romans when he says, who is going to rescue me from this wretched body of death? I mean, he's, he's the Apostle Paul. And to the very end of his days, he still sinned. He was mad when he was in 
in prison getting ready to be beheaded. He had to work on things on an ongoing basis. And I, I have to tell you, and I, I tell this to clients frequently, I'm so glad there's not a book of Cynthia. <laughs> I love reading about all these other people in history that have failed and that, that struggle and they work on overcoming. And, and, and I'm glad that nobody's reading my book because we all have it. We all have shocked ourselves. So how did the greats of the Bible keep moving forward? after they did what they did? Well, they focused on Christ, and they didn't want his death to be minimized or meaningless by their petty feelings toward themselves. That kept them moving forward. They didn't want his death that was the forgiveness of their sin. He didn't want their death to be minimized or meaningless. So think about Peter. How about King David? How about Moses? How about Jonah? All these people that we can read about that have committed some pretty atrocious things. I mean, King David, I, I don't know if he gets any worse than that. I mean, that was a pretty black heart for a while that he had. And he was willing to receive forgiveness from the Lord, forgive himself, and move on. So how many times did Jesus say your sins are forgiven? when he healed someone. This is why we need to connect that couple of dots. Healing is about forgiveness. And we all need healing in our bodies, in our hearts, in our minds, in our world. And the healing is always about forgiveness. Every time God heals someone, he says, go, sin no more, your sins are forgiven. So healing is a result of forgiveness. Because see, God says to us, he tells us the wages of sin is death. And he knows forgiveness brings life. So Jesus doesn't want our sin to kill us. He wants us to overcome and live. Forgiveness brings life. We can't get away from ourselves. And we don't want to disrespect God who's so willing to live inside of us 24-7. And we're not willing to deal with us, but God is willing and wants to deal with us and offers us forgiveness always. And, and the thing is, you have to remember, we recognize what sin is, but we really don't see it from a holy perspective. We see it from a fallen, worldly perspective. So we know it's bad. But Jesus, God, sees it from a holy perspective. So if he is able to forgive sin, that he sees, he really sees it for what it really is. We don't really see our sin completely for what it is. It's bad enough. But if God is willing to forgive when he sees completely and willing to live within us all the time, we need to follow that pattern. We need to be Jesus to us. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 2, it says, Just then some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. 
And so this is, this is so powerful. And this goes on to say many times in Matthew chapter 2, verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytics, son, your sins are forgiven. And in, in verse chap, the chapter, Mark chapter 2, verse 9, he says, which is easier to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up your mat and walk? In Luke chapter 5, verse 20, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. And in Luke chapter 7, verse 48, Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Because there are deadly consequences to unforgiveness. And we're going to talk more about that tomorrow. But today, I want you to really consider these, these greats of the Bible and how they managed the fact that they had a calling on their life, they knew the Lord, and many, you have to remember, what about those people that actually knew Jesus? Not just know Jesus the way we know Jesus. They knew Jesus. And they struggled. And they continued to get up. They continued to work on overcoming. And they forgave themselves and they forgave others. And so when we think about Peter and the fact that God really said to him, when Jesus was saying to him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He said it three times. And, and maybe you're familiar with this, but in Jewish law, saying something three times makes it law, makes it fact. So what, what, what he did for Peter was he restored his calling. He restored who he was. He forgave him. And he let it be reestablished as to who Peter was. When Peter thought he was the biggest loser, couldn't even face anybody, and Jesus restored dignity to him. And we think about King David. What did God do with King David? He made sure that he was aware of the gravity of the sin, and, and David had no problem saying, it's me, I'm it, I'm the guy, I did it all, I'm the reason this happened. I get it. And God continued to keep him king. So I want you to think about this. When Jesus says to you, your sins are forgiven, and you say, yeah, thank you very much, that I am really glad that my sins are forgiven, but you are resentful of you. You are judging you. You are withholding from yourself. You won't connect with you. You don't like you. You do harmful things to you, don't take care of you. All those things that come from my unwillingness to forgive myself. This is important for us today. So I want you to really work with God and say, you know, you're, you're helping me forgive other people, but I really do need help with forgiving myself. Because forgive, remember again, forgiveness of self does not mean what you did was okay. If, if, if it was okay, you wouldn't have to forgive it, right? So I'm praying for you this week. I want restoration and reconciliation with others for you, and I want it for yourself as well. So thank you so much for joining me today. Make sure you check out the website if you can't listen to the show in its entirety at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you want a keynote speaker, I love to do that for your group and can tailor make anything for your group and the event. I'll talk to you tomorrow and have a great rest of your day.
To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.